Hi, how are you all doing? I'm back in the forest today. It's been a long day already, and I'm heading home. But I've still got a, an hour or two to go in the snow. It's a couple of feet deep. On average, it varies a lot because of the wind and the shelter and the, the compass direction. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. I didn't get to where I was hoping to get to. But I think I was a little optimistic about how fast I was going to be able to travel on this particular route. In the summer, I can get anywhere I want to go, anywhere I can see. You know, I can travel quite fast and light. And in the winter, of course, you, you have to make allowances for the snow when you're traveling on foot. And I'm always traveling on foot because I'm always in wilderness or in the forest. You can easily add 50 to 100% to your climb time depending on the conditions so it can be quite a challenge and you you basically just run out of daylight you know i was going up for uh four and a half hours i think and then i took a half hour let the dog eat he, he came up with me today and uh next thing you know i'm i'm running out of time i of course i always travel solo so, uh, as a safety precaution, I always let people know where I'm going and what time I'll be back. And I have a, a fail-safe where if I'm not back two hours after my latest expected return, uh, I have a kind of my own private alarm system, <laughs> which works uh, well for me. I mean, of course, I've never needed it, and I never plan on needing it because I, I take that very seriously. I don't want to cause someone else to risk their life to come out and get me because I did something stupid. You know, accidents happen, of course. The reason that you see in so many books that you shouldn't hike alone or you shouldn't snowshoe alone is that, yeah, you it, it's all on you. You know, if you do make a mistake, then you're in deep trouble. And so I do everything that I can to try to mitigate that you know I carry what I need and then some and I pick my roots carefully I I do everything that I'm supposed to do um, but even those the the greatest climbers that you hear about of course you only hear about them when they die it only takes one mistake but I don't want to oversell the dangers of being out here I mean there are dangers but there are far more dangerous things to be doing I think I'm much more likely to be injured in a vehicle than I am out here. Which brings me to my next subject, predators. Not the 80s movie predators from another planet, but the natural predators that we have around here. Now we have black bears, we don't have brown bears. Uh, we have mountain lions, uh, coyotes, if you really consider them a, a big predator. And there's talk of wolves. Uh, officially there are no wolves in Colorado, but I don't think that uh, animals really recognize borders like that. The same can really be said for brown bears. They were hunted uh, a long time ago. They used to live in Colorado, but they're not officially here. And people make a big deal about predators. You know, there, there's been talk about a mountain lion around town uh, this winter and really when you come out here that's that's part of the experience 
you know, the wild places and the wild animals are what make wilderness. So you can't really come out here and expect a sanitized version. They live here. They lived here before humans came here. Well, especially before the, the Western settlers came here. And uh, I feel as we have the bigger brain, so it's our duty to adapt and coexist with them. And it's really not that hard to do. Mountain lions and, and bears they're, and wolves, you know, we, we hear about them in movies and they're snarling, bloodthirsty beast who wants to tear your throat out. And that's just not the way that it works. I've solo hiked all around these mountains throughout the year. And I believe I've seen a glimpse of a mountain lion twice. I've seen their tracks many times. And I'm sure they've seen me way more times than I've seen them. But they don't see me as a threat and they don't see me as dinner. Now imagine if you're 150 pounds, which I think is, is what a mountain lion can grow to. And you see another beast <laughs> of a different species. And he's taller than you and bigger than you. And you have... There are no hospitals for wild animals. So, yeah, sure, you might win and you might get a good meal. But you might break a leg or you might lose your teeth or an eye. And then you're as good as dead. So if, uh, if a lion sees uh, a rabbit or a hare, then that's going to be his meal of choice. It doesn't fight back. He just has to catch it. Now, there are reports of attacks, especially out in California. But usually that's uh, the only time that we really have human issues are when, um, well, I have to back up a little. We, we have to admit that we are taking a habitat. And as they're squashed into fewer areas, they have to come into contact with people people who are jogging or cycling can unfortunately trigger their prey instincts. Just as if you run away from a dog, the dog will run after you. It's the same thing. So we, you just have to be a little more careful, but, but at the same time understand that they're not waiting to pounce on you at any given second. That's not the way it works. Now with bears, I've seen bears in the forest and uh, they're, they, I guarantee they are more scared of me than I am of them. The only time I saw a bear up close was when he or she, it was a big bear, but he or she was just running full speed away from me as soon as we bumped into each other on a very isolated hill. And it shocks people because they think, well, the bear is going to eat me. And I can't speak for brown bears, but I do know black bears. And I know that they're, they don't want any trouble. You know, they have big teeth and they're, and they're kind of scary looking for some people, but they don't want any trouble. Now, if you leave something tasty out and they're hungry, then they're going to try to eat it. Because a bear doesn't understand 
property, private property and theft <laughs> and criminal damage. He, he's just, he smells something good and he's going to eat it if he can get to it. So again, it's our job as the, the humans with the big brains to figure out ways to just keep our, our good smelling things and the bears separate. That's all it is. It's that simple. So lecture over. <laughs> it was a beautiful day up on top again. I, I didn't get to the summit that I wanted to, but I got to a nice ridge and a nice viewpoint, which was good enough. As I say at the beginning, I, I ran out of time. So that was enough for me. And I knew I'd have to make a podcast on the way down. So I had to make an allowance. But uh, up in the trees, the wind was howling. It was almost like a jet engine. It was very powerful. And we have a lot of dead trees around here because a lot of uh, the uh, pine beetles came through and really devastated the forest. So it sometimes, sometimes when the wind is howling and I'm surrounded by tall dead trees, it does make me a little nervous. They do occasionally fall over. And I'd prefer it not to be underneath when that happens. So a lot of tracks today. Elk, uh, rabbits, squirrels, the usual. Which reminds me that I was talking to one of my uh, guests and they had said that the uh, there was an old rancher who lived here. Uh, he, he got to be a, a pretty good age. And uh, according to the story, when he was a boy, which would have been... I guess, early uh, 20th century. He didn't grow up seeing any elk uh, just because they had, within this part of Colorado, they had been hunted so severely that they were gone. And they were reintroduced by Parks and Wildlife here, the, the state wildlife authority. You know, it's very easy for, for us to go too far when I first moved out here, we had a very unfortunate situation where some of our bears were getting shot because they were breaking into food sources. And I had the nerve to write a letter about that. And uh, as a result, in a small town, my business was attacked. Um, but that event led to my co-directing a conservation group that has saved countless bears simply because now we're storing our trash properly. It's a simple fix, but it had to be done. You know, it, it takes, uh, sometimes it takes a different direction and it, and it definitely takes uh, a change of attitude. And it, it takes the community. We couldn't have done it without partners. Looking at you, Joe. Um, but anyway, you know, you have to, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror. You know, you have to do the right thing. If, if I'm going to be, uh, attacked by certain quarters in a small town, then so be it. If I'm doing the right thing, if I'm doing what I believe, you know, which is, uh, a good fit for our democratic values, then so be it.
so it goes. I don't want this one to turn into a rant, so we'll, we'll move on to different subjects. It had to be said, but different subjects. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you have to mention something unpleasant for people to realize the value of, uh, or, the, or the fragility of certain aspects of our wild places. You know, they are, they are very rugged and inhospitable at times, as in the middle of winter right now. But they're so easily affected by us. You know, we take out a piece or we take out one species and it just messes up the entire ecosystem. You know, nature does just fine without us. Out here in the snow, the sun just dropped behind a mountain. That's, that's one of the issues with, of being around here uh, and hiking in the winter is that you have to plan a couple hours ahead of actual sunset. Uh, because if you're on the wrong side of the mountain and the, and the sun drops too low, you can drop a, a good 10, 20 degrees pretty quickly. And that's, that's good motivation to go home, which is why I like to do all of my hikes in daylight hours. You know, I, I think if I was more um, dedicated, perhaps, I'd probably start earlier and finish later. Because like I said, I, I did run out of time today and I could keep going. You know, if I packed a little more food and I took it just a little slower, five hours up, three hours down, I could make that maybe seven hours up. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'm an athlete <laughs> by any means. I'm, I'm in decent shape. Uh, but the snow will take it out of you. You know, it's beautiful out here. And I've been the only person for miles, I'm sure, the only human within several miles all day. And it's a great feeling. Some people find that terrifying. And I can understand that if you're really not used to it and it took i have to i have to remember it took me years to get to this point you know from a little kid being in a, in a small forest and then you know gradually you learn more and more and you get those outdoor skills and suddenly you're you're confident being out there on your own and then you're out there on your own in the winter but it's, it's a real sense of uh, freedom, achievement, I suppose. Because you only have yourself to rely on. And it's that self-reliance which built the West. You know, it's something that we don't value as much as, as we used to, I don't think. You know, not that everybody has to be out here hiking. I'm, I'm just saying that you know, sometimes we don't take responsibility for ourselves and our actions and the consequences of our actions. But that's life. That's, that should, that's part of being an adult, you know. The mountains and the wild places, they have a lot to teach us or a lot to remind us. Not just how hard it is, but, you know, how life has consequences. And there are beautiful things waiting if you just put the effort in. You know, I could go on all day. I mean, I, I wrote an ebook about it uh, a couple of years back. And I could probably fill that three or four times over now. 
there are so many lessons out here to teach us. And I feel grateful to have this opportunity and to get out here and see these crazy places. Today I watched uh, a snowstorm roll in once again and just envelop a 14,000 foot mountain. Just, it just disappeared. Like it was there and then the cloud just shrouded it. And I felt the wind coming. I think we're gonna get another snowstorm tonight. You really feel it in the air when there's a big storm coming and you get up high. The wind starts to get a little crazy and you get that little sandblast effect from the snow and ice that are already laying on the ground. It can be uh, invigorating, yeah. I love it though. I, ju I just love those big events. You know, you're a tiny, tiny piece of it, but but it's something that nobody experiences. Everybody else is down in the valleys, you know, and they're missing this, and it's just epic. You know, you think you remember those photos of uh, people trying to get onto Everest, and they're queuing up, and it probably gets them killed because you don't have time to to sit around like that. But for whatever reason, they're queuing up to climb this tallest mountain, and I have literally, you know, square miles to myself out here. It's just me and the critters. That's, that's amazing. I'm the only person who probably saw that mountain disappear today. You know, you're, you become a, a part of nature out here when you leave behind the vehicles and the technology and you're there on your two feet working hard to get those rewards. And there's really, there's something to be said for that, you know. I respect a hard worker, and I will admit I have issues with laziness. <laughs> I have my own problems with direction, not compass direction, but you know what I'm supposed to be doing. But laziness has not been an issue. And it got me here, like literally today. I mean, it got me up out of bed when I just wanted to sit and drink coffee and edit podcasts but you have to get out here to make those podcasts and that's what i did for you guys anyway i think that's probably enough for me today i'm a little tired and it's probably showing in the podcast so we'll leave it at that i hope you're enjoying the series i don't really have any idea what i'm doing uh, so i figured i'd just go with my thoughts and see if you like it. It's really the same as, as being a photographer. I shoot what I like and if you like it, that's great. So I love to hear from you guys sometime. Let me know how I'm doing. If it's good. <laughs> All right, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.